Welcome once again to the Total Auto Show on 97.3 CTFM, Motoring Education for Trouble-Free Motoring Experience. I'm your host, Eddie Poku, and today on our open house garage, we are talking about overheating. The auto show is brought to you by Total, Total Quartz 9000 Future. Join the Total Quartz Nation movement today. <laughs> Charlie, check this. You never know. <laughs> the sound of this engine. Music to my ears. I tell you. <laughs> now you check your engine oil. Uh, I wish they tell you at the check. I've told you I only use Total Quartz engine oils. With its age-resistant technology, it keeps your engine younger. Sit down, let me tell you more. Total Quartz has introduced a new one, Seth. I remember, Quartz 9000 Future 0W20, right? Thank you! It's made mainly for the latest generation engines. Quartz Future 0W20, it ensures excellent engine protection and cleanliness whilst reducing your fuel consumption so it is save money. Uh. The Quartz Nation movement too. Quartz, Mr. Money, Rogozo, and Bobo Nyele, all 10 Quartz ambassadors now. You did there. What? Massa, straight to the nearest total filling station. Oh. Total Quartz, keep your engine younger for longer. Welcome back on the Open House Garage. We are open for your questions. And today, based on the responses we've been receiving in the past few weeks on um, um, your, your cars and the overheating issues you are having, I have in the studio Mr. Gerald Dubate of AutoChill and together we are going to help you give you solutions to your overheating issues and other issues as well. Um, you can participate in this particular convo. Just send your messages to our WhatsApp line 0549986996. You can email us total.autoshow at gmail.com or you can call into the show on 0202-063-598-0206-557-978. Okay. Gerald, you're welcome to the show once again. Um, yeah. 
today we are talking about overheating. Sure. Yes. Um, on the open house garage, we take questions usually from our listeners and we give them solutions to their issues. Um, today we want to um, be a bit focused and um, we want most of our um, uh, solutions to be based around overheating because in the past few weeks we've been getting a lot of questions about um, overheating issues with cars. So can you just give us um, a rundown of overheating? Well, when we talk about engine overheating, what basically it means that you see engines are metallic, they have metallic components, mm -hmm. and then by their design and applications, generate heat while in operations. Okay. So manufacturers are putting an elaborate engine cooling system in place. So what happens when we refer to as overheating is when the engine temperature begins to go higher than it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And one of the indicators is you see the temperature gauge going into the red. Okay. Um, I must say that engines are generally designed to heat. It is good for emission. It is good for fuel economy and all. But the reason when the, the, the reason when we refer to as engine overheating is when they are going higher than the temperature intended for them to operate optimally. Okay. So, it is one of the biggest nightmare of many a motorist mm -hmm. to see your temperature gauge going up. Mm -hmm. And in this show, we'll look at what the causes are and then we'll find out the solutions, what to do when the engine overheat okay. and all that. Um, when engines overheat and it gets severe, we tend to have a lot of problems. Okay. And one of the collateral damage is that you may lose your engine, air conditioning is affected, and then your wallet is affected as well. Sure. So it, it, is, it is proper that we make sure that the engine doesn't overheat. But as with um, all mechanical components, once in a while, the engine cooling system fails. Mm -hmm. But then the vehicle owner or the technician working on should find the cause so that there will be no reoccurrence of such a problem. So, um, let's look at the causes of engine overheating. And we are going to start from the simplest parts. Number one, the radiator cap. Mm -hmm. The radiator cap, the way it's designed, is supposed to actually vent vapor when it has to at a particular pressure and temperature. Mm -hmm. And when it begins to fail in its performance, pressure builds up. And you can tell by the turgidity of the hoses, they become very hard. Mm -hmm. And this may lead to the engine to overheat. Okay. So we always advise that during routine servicing, mm -hmm. you can ask your tech to look at your radiator cap and see how it performs. These days we have equipment for testing um, the performance integrity of uh, radiator caps. Mm -hmm. This very little thing can give a lot of and, and And on radiator caps, sometimes they can be owner related when the problem starts because you check the coolant level in the morning and forget to close the radiator cap. well and it can generate uh, um, 
into engine overheating. So that is for the radiator cap. And then continuing, we're saying that when the engine overheats, I've divided them into two. Mm -hmm. We have mechanical-related engine overheating and electrical-related engine. That's nice. So let's look at the electrical uh, aspect. Mm -hmm. Defective engine cooling fans. You know, of late, uh, manufacturers are doing away with the viscous fans that we know that is hooked to the engine. Now we have electric fans for... Um, they, they are more economical and then the ease of use and all. So these can fail. And it could be due to wiring. Mm -hmm. It could be due to the fan itself becoming defective. Mm -hmm. It could be due to their controllers also failing. Mm -hmm. um, when you have two fans mm -hmm. cooling the engine, some of them run on two speeds. Yeah. So with time, you may have the low speed becoming defective. And, and then what, what do you, you realize that when you turn on your engine, the, the, the sound of the fan that comes is higher mm -hmm. than it used to be. That should indicate that there's something wrong with the engine cooling system. Okay. Either the fans are responsible or you have low coolant level or something. But when you hear the high whining of the fans, it denotes that there is something amiss. And I must suggest that then you can look at it or send it to your mechanic and be assured that nothing is happening because when an engine overheat, fixing it actually is one big, big, big issue. So that is for the engine fans. And then uh, the charging system of the vehicles. Mm -hmm. The car runs on the electrical system. So when the charging system isn't working well, probably the alternator is faulty and all, Power to the various components, to the fans and the rest, is reduced. So the fans can run the way they are supposed to. And then the engine begins to overheat. And then uh, you may have the sensors as well. Sensors that are supposed to sense the temperature of the coolant. Mm -hmm. And then they can signal the fans to come on when they become defective. Coolant temperature has gone up. But who is saying it? So the sensor, we may say, is asleep at the switch. Mm -hmm. And then the engine may overheat. So these are some of the things about the electrical aspect. But the biggest culprit, normally, is to do with the wiring. Okay. When, when you have the wiring skewed, then the problem begins. The mechanical lists are a lot, but let's start with the radiator. Okay. We all know the water tank, commonly referred to as the water tank. When it becomes dirty, clogged, or leaking, the engine might overheat. Sometimes you see the fins of the radiator. When, when they become bent and air can go through them, the engine may overheat. Okay. So um, most of the time, manufacturers recommend that at a certain mileage, when you go for servicing, have the radiator flushed. In fact, have the whole engine cooling system flushed, and then you fill it up with the correct amount of uh, recommended coolant. From radiator, we go to the fan shrouds. Fan shrouds, we know they cover the fan, they direct the air into the engine. The rubber thing around the fan. Yes, yes, known as yeah, the fan shrouds. Okay. When they are broken, then the fans work, but they are doing no work because they can't direct the air 
to where it's supposed to be. So we shouldn't compromise on fan shroud. Once they become crack, they become they, they sometimes they may even not be there. Mm -hmm. We need to look and then replace them. Okay. Yes. They they play a critical role in the engine cooling system performance. Okay. So um expansion tanks. They are commonly referred to as what? Reservoirs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the expansion tanks. You see, they have a small hose that leaks to them. They may leak. Sometimes they may be blocked. And this can cause the engine to overheat. And, and I keep giving this little tip. Once in a while, as a vehicle owner, pop the hood open and check. You see, uh, coolants have colors mm -hmm. so once you see the dribble somewhere it's an indication that there is a leak there so find what is happening and then have it uh, um fixed water pump when the water pump becomes defective or uh, that is it's leaking or it's not working well the engine will start overheating and with the water pump you have two type of scenarios we have the scenario when you're on the highway then you, it begins to, the engine begins to overheat. And we have the other one that when you are in traffic, what happens is that the water pump has uh, the impellers. Mm -hmm. With time, they rust. Okay. So, so the ability to, quote and unquote, push the water. water is reduced. So when the engine is under load, then it doesn't get enough coolant coming this way, mm -hmm. and then it will overleak. So, um, once in a while, in servicing the vehicle, you see the um, water pump leaking from beneath. Water pumps are equipped with what you call whip holes. The whip holes are there when pressures are too high for them to vent. Okay. So when the whip hole leaks, it means there is a problem somewhere. Okay. And we may need to actually investigate to find what is happening. Mm -hmm. So whipple leakages are actually um, signs for the mechanic to see that, look, engine cooling system is compromised in a way. Um, the thermostat, the thermo valves, they can get blocked. Sometimes they get broken. And so coolant circulation is impeded or is restricted. And this may cause overheating. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether you're driving fast or you are in traffic. Yes. Um, the joints, apart from, you see, when you come to the engine compartment, we have other components that are made of plastics. Mm -hmm. So when pressures go too high, they begin to crack. Okay. Some of them tend to have hairline hair leakages. You may not see with your eyes. Okay. Thankfully, we have equipment run out for pressuring the, the system. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, if you are fortunate enough and the client or the user uses coolant. You see, coolant has a color. Mm -hmm. So you may see the sign over there. Uh, the trickish part of it is sometimes the leakage comes when you're driving. It drops onto the hot engine surface. It evaporates. Nobody sees anything. So you keep losing coolant and then you don't know where the coolant passes. Mm -hmm. So there's no magic in that. All that you have to do is to wait when the engine is very cold and you can look around uh, a guy told me that normally you can even use a magnifying glass and then you can see this <laughs> yeah yeah very funny but then it, it, it makes sense it makes sense yes 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 so um 
the air conditioning system has a heater core. When the heater core blocks, you may have overheat. And I've seen it several times. And then also the heater cores can leak. Now, when it comes to heater core leakages, you realize that the carpet is damp. Yeah. But most of the time, we think it might be coming from the AC. So what you can do is that just check it out. If it's colored, then it is coming from the engine cooling system. If it is plain, then well, with the assumption that you're not using water, if it is plain, then it is the AC mm -hmm. um, condensing drain that is blocked and it's causing that. So um, the lease goes on and some of the joints will, will be leaking. And so the recommendation is that um, once in a while, probably twice a year, you can ask your mechanic to do the cooling system integrity checks to be sure that nothing is leaking. You see, behind the engines, you have joints there that are very hard to reach and they may be leaking. And with the, some of the vehicles, that is where you have the exhaust. So they leak onto the exhaust and then they evaporate. So if you do this twice a year, I believe that um, this night melting of overheating mm -hmm. can actually be uh, um, checked. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, blown head gasket. With this one, we have the serial blown head gasket. Everybody knows. You start a vehicle, immediately the gauge jumps into red. And then we have the, the small blown one. And, and, and then, you know, it doesn't overheat. Once in a while, you overheat. And then, you know, a lot of theory is, is actually coming into place. Mm -hmm. People saying this, people saying that. But then, when a head gasket is blown, it's a very serious thing. So this is not a thing for a DUI guy. Just let your mechanic tell him, look, I've been having what I call intermittent overheating. Mm -hmm. I check my coolant is still full. And then they have a way to be able to find um, that one. So um, we have engine water jackets. Normally, it's those who work on cars that they know. You see, passageways in the engine block. Mm -hmm. With time, they rust. Okay. So the coolant can go around the way it's supposed to. So the cooling effect is actually not felt. And, and, and with this, the best way forward, as we talk about what causes overheating, mm -hmm. then we talk also about what to do. Mm -hmm. The best way forward, like I said earlier on, is to have the engine water jacket flashed. Maybe twice a year wouldn't be bad. bad. And when it's being flashed, and you are there, and you see a lot of yellowish fluid. Mm -hmm. That tells you that then it's really rusty. So I recommend that after it's been done, you drive the vehicle for some time, probably a month or two, and have it reflash. With time, it will be clean. If you are using um, a proper coolant compared to water, which is... Um Will it prevent um, the, the, the rust in the... In the yes, in the coolant, coolant to an extent will prevent the rust. Mm -hmm. Coolant to an extent will prevent the rust. Because those who use coolant a lot tends not to have some of these problems. These problems you see. And one thing I've realized with uh, coolant, mm -hmm. and I think we mentioned it last week, um, is um, the kinds of coolant. The mm -hmm. kinds of coolant. Because sometimes you see some products and they are branded as um, antifreeze. Mm, we don't have snow here. Exactly. So my mind is telling me that if it's antifreeze, is it the proper? 
No, because uh, what happens is that Total has come up. I mean, and I, and I must say, I must pat them on the back for that. They have coolants that are tropicalized. They say this is for the tropical countries. Mm -hmm. So these ones are designed for here. Mm -hmm. You know, average temperatures around here, 36 degrees. Mm -hmm. You know, we hardly will get uh, 10 degrees. Mm -hmm. So these coolants have the ability, you know, to make sure that the engine operating cooling system stays optimally. Okay. So when you are buying the coolant, read what is written on. And if the coolant is coming from abroad and it's written in another language that you don't understand, don't buy Exactly. Yes. Okay. So, um, AC can also contribute to engine overheating. Mm -hmm. When you have a very dirty condenser, that sits in front of the radiator, so airflow is impeded. And, 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 and sometimes, um, some aftermarket AC installation, the distance between the condenser and the radiator is so much that if you're using a fan that we call induced draft fans, mm -hmm. Its ability to suck in air becomes a little bit limited, and mm -hmm. then the engine may overheat. So um, that is it. And then if the AC system, somebody works on the AC system and overcharges it too much, mm -hmm. temperatures become too high on the AC side, and this is transferred. And then you realize that your temperature will start going up a bit um there was a time when i recommended flashing the front of the ac condenser mm -hmm. but using high pressure water to do that also affect the fins mm -hmm. so the best way to do it is just pour water over it pour water over it so that you like have to be careful of water and, and then you just pour over it and then uh, that is it mm -hmm. you see because if you use high pressure water you tend to bend the fins mm -hmm. and then that will make the situation um worse you know um in certain vehicles the coolant will need to be bled after you've done a major work and mm -hmm. you, yes. Mm -hmm. If it's not bled well, the vehicle, the engine will overheat. Right. So always read about manufacturer's recommendation for bleeding the vehicles. We are aware. Those of you who have driven, you know them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's not bled well. Yeah. Then it begins to overheat. You go and then they have to yes. do it. Yes, one thing about bleeding those vehicles, you have to turn on the heater for the heater valve to open. Mm. And so, apart from bleeding the engine compartment, uh, um, cooling system, you also have to add the, the heater beneath the dashboard. Oh, okay. Yes, so that is also part of it. Yes, yes. Um, loose drive belt. When the drive belt is loose, the problems are two prongs. What you need to charging mm -hmm. become poor. Fans will run high. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. And then the water pump will turn well. Yeah. So 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 definitely, um, the chances of the engine overheating becomes high. And then abnormal engine rev. These days, we thank God that we have all the computer the control things and all that. But then once in a while, if you have an idling um, idling uh, control valve mm -hmm. that is gone out of gear. Rev stays above thousand and it's about thousand six. Mm -hmm. The engine overworks, and then it may overheat. Okay. So always let me make sure that our rev, the engine rev, stays within the recommended um, level. See, low quality engine oil. If the engine oil is bad, it's dirty. If the engine oil is low, 
the lubricant acts also as a form of cooling mm -hmm. for the engine. So if it is low, engine gets hotter because of the friction. If it is poor quality, engine will get hotter. So I always advise, read the owner's manual and follow the manufacturer's recommendation. <laughs> so these are some of the few things that uh, may cause the engine to overheat. Oh, right. Yes. All right. The yeah. list is so long, but I mean, let's stick to this one. Yes, I, I think I think that you've yeah. done justice to to the topic. Now let's take um, questions. We, are, we already have some oh, um, questions. Oh. Yes. Okay. All right. So um, I have a questions here. A question here um, from email. It says, um, "Hi, please. I would need your advice on a ten-year-old bruhaha surrounding cars and whether it is a topmost issue of consideration when buying a car." Problem is that when I'm I'm torn between buying a car manufactured in 2010 and another in 2013. However, the 2010 make is the one which meets my highest expectation in terms of ideal brand and design. Kindly advise decision making. Okay, so this one is uh, a general question, and he wants to decide which one to buy: a 2010 car and a 2013 car. And which which that one is younger? The 2013 car is younger. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. But uh, the, the mileage too should count, right? The mileage should also count. You see, when buying a vehicle, one will need to consider a lot of mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Like we said, the MY, year of manufacture. Mm -hmm. The mileage. You can get a 2017 um, vehicle that has done over 200,000. 200, yes. And then you can get a 2010 vehicle that, has, that is clocked less than 50,000. Mm -hmm. So you need to consider all this mm -hmm. if it's a pre-owned vehicle you just have to get somebody who is good to check it out yeah. there are a lot of things to check out and once they check them out and then they can say fine you mm -hmm. take it don't forget you definitely will need to do some repair work yeah. because for 10 years even if the mileage is low mm -hmm. then it means not been driven exactly then you have the damp interior to 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 deal with to deal with and then you may probably have rust here and there to deal with so um if we all have money we'll go for the zero mileage one exactly <laughs> i think we should also um, um educate our, our our listeners um when it comes to mileage of a car there are some milestones so when a car hits let's say 50k Miles that's 50,000 miles. There are things there that are you major need servicing you have to do, and then when it hits 100,000, 100, super. So, a lot of times, people like to sell their car before it hits a hundred thousand because right. they are trying to avoid the hundred thousand uh, mark when mark. When, yes. when when you have to do a lot of repair work. Yes, but if you keep maintaining the vehicle well, exactly. and it hit a hundred, it is yes. just like. 50 exactly then again when you are buying a car mm -hmm. you also drive don't just don't just um rely on okay expert 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 because sometimes you might drive the car and you you just don't like it the car might, might be the best car but you just don't like it of course you know of course so all those other you know x factors have to um be, 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 yeah, be factored in and yeah. when you are buying a vehicle you need to take a test drive mm -hmm. you need to um do what we may call a slow drive Mm -hmm. What you you may you may have to also do the fast drive. Mm -hmm. You probably take it on the highway to mm -hmm. see the stability and all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see, mm -hmm. so you need to let it go through a full drive cycle. cycle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Macafui says, um, I use a a Corolla S two thousand seven, and automatic transmission. Whenever I'm speeding and it gets to forty to seventy kilometers per hours, 
the car vibrates a lot and I would like to know what might be the cause vibration. Yeah, the vibration. A lot of things. Um, 40 to 70. Uh, 2007, he may need to... Let's get the simple things first. Check the tires. Mm -hmm. From the tire, they may need to look at the drive shaft. Mm -hmm. You see? Yeah. And That's a front-wheel drive car. Yeah, it's a mm -hmm. front-wheel drive mm -hmm. car. And you see, what happened is that um, when you when you check the tires, and it's checked by an expert, mm -hmm. then the, the same expert will check the alignment and all. Yeah, alignment and um, the balancing. And then the balancing. And then over there, they may be able to know whether the steering rack is in a good condition. I mean, the drive line itself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this will need to be checked. And 2007, uh, by now, some of the engine mounts are gone. Are gone. And you see, when the engine is under load, that is when you begin to feel things. Yeah. So first, you should have the tires checked. Mm -hmm. And then he will also will need to have the shafts look at. Mm -hmm. You, okay, yes, but it looks more like you should check the tires. Okay, yes, all right. Okay, so Ransford and Ashasi a crapim. He says, um, just yesterday I experienced an overheating incident. The mechanic diagnosed that the electrician who replaced the thermostat switch used a defective one. My tank thus developed a leakage, it has now been fixed. I have not driven it long to know if it is fully fixed. Should I be worried? Hmm. Mm, we don't know what vehicle it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so once we know the vehicle, every every vehicle and then their cooling system design. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if it is the, the thermostat switch is replaced, he should idle the vehicle. First, he should, be, uh, he should be checking whether the coolant level remains the same. Mm -hmm. And then he should idle the vehicle with the hood open. Okay check the uh, temperature gauge and see when the fan kicks kick in. in. When the fan kicks in and it kicks in at 90, then he may take a short test drive, come back, and when he parks the vehicle overnight, put something beneath the vehicle to be sure that there is no leakage anywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, th th this has to be systematic. He just has to take his time because, mm -hmm. uh, like I said, when vehicles overheat, we all get nervous. Mm -hmm. So he shouldn't just use it for long distance travel mm. he should just run around town yeah. and be monitoring for a while okay, okay. and then yes yeah i realized um some time back this from personal experience that often you have uh, mechanics advising you to get rid of the thermostat that was the days of old yes yes the, they still the, do. the, the days of the bedford yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no because the way the engines are designed mm -hmm. the moment you remove the thermostat mm -hmm. The cooling system integrity is compromised, compromised. big time. Mm -hmm. With certain cars, the fans will stay on forever. Yeah. You see, so these days, because the thermostats are there, like I said, for the engine to heat, mm -hmm. subcooling is equally as bad as, as overheating, mm -hmm. and the thermostat is there to prevent subcooling. And there are those who um, wire the the fans so, direct. You'll be, you'll be buying batteries. You'll be buying batteries every six months. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay, so um, the gentleman, Ransford, says his car is a 2011 Nissan Sunny. Oh, 2011 Nissan Sunny. So it has two fans. Okay. Some of them are dual speeds. Okay. He should check. When he starts the engine, he waits for the fans to kick in. The higher speed fans, they are louder. Mm 
So if you check whether when they kick in, the two of them come on, or the two should come on, and when they come, at what speed? Is it high or low? Mm -hmm. Then you can let us know. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bright from Spain, says, what happened to the gates of a car when you experience overheating? Because I experienced some overheating and suddenly my gates are automatically locked. I don't understand. Well, I don't... I don't think they are linked. Or, or, like I said, it could be that he has a charging system problem. Oh, okay. You okay. see, and that led to the overheating. Yes, yes. So this one, uh, we don't know what vehicle is that, but he should, he should just get somebody who is very good and explain to him what is happening yeah okay uh, mike in a customer says um good afternoon please i drive a nissan Sentra 2003 automatic of late i realized the car will run very well and sometimes in a low gear it will not change to a high gear for the car to run fast you only hear the sound up Ooh, but it will not change but if i stop and start the engine and move it then change but later occurs again what advice do you have my water is always full okay so it means it's a transmission issue right yeah it could be a transmission issue first let's say it's transmission mm -hmm. you should check the transmission fluid okay uh, some of the older vehicle they come with uh, um, the transmission it has a pre-filter so mm -hmm. they check whether it's dirty okay that is number one number two experiences uh, i've been experiencing this for some time now when you have a problem with the throttle, mm -hmm. it has a bearing on the transmission. Okay. And that Nissan, some of them are notorious for, for throttle problems. Mm -hmm. But you should check the oil first. Have somebody scan the vehicle. And then they don't just have to start changing parts. That's an ele electronic throttle, right? Yes, an electronic throttle. Yes, that's an electronic throttle. You see? So they should check the throttle. And then it's a Nissan, eh? Yeah, Nissan. Oh, and then they should also check the um, APP, the accelerator uh, pedal position sensor. Oh, okay. Yeah, they should check if it's equipped with one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, says, hello, Eddie. It is, is it advisable to be changing coolant types? From time to time, I currently use a greenish type of coolant and would like to know if I can change to another type. Well, it depends on what is written. You see, he should read his owner's manual mm -hmm. and find the manufacturer's recommendation for what coolant to use. Mm -hmm. the, the, it's spelled out there when you are in the cold region, temperate region, mm -hmm. or you are in the hot regions. Mm -hmm. So you should look for the hot regions and use that only. Okay. Now, talking about changing, is it changing the coolant because... It keeps leaking, or he will be there, and every three months he changes coolant. Mm -hmm. If it's changing because it's leaking, then he has a leakage somewhere that needs to be fixed. Okay. okay. You, you you get it? Yeah. yeah yes, yeah. that's it. Yes. All right. He says, "Hello, City Auto Show. My car jacks whilst driving. How can it be solved?" Mike in Ring VST. Um, this is a bit vague. It is a bit vague. Yeah, because yeah, no a lot of things can make vehicles yeah. jack, misfiring, block exhaust. And all that. So he will let us know what vehicle it is. Yes, um, Mike, if you can give us a bit more detail. And so whether it jacks when the AC is on or it jacks when mm -hmm. he's speeding or when he's, he's cruising. Okay. Um, he says, uh, Henry, he says, I'm about buying a pre owned or salvaged car online. 
what do I have to look for before buying it? We've treated this topic on the show before. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so the, the last time we talked about this topic, um, what, we ad- what we advised is that if you can get an inspection company on that side, to you can contract them to go and look at it. Um, and it will, give you a report. Yes, and give you a report. You will spend some money, yes. but it will save you a lot. Yes. Sure. Because sometimes the pictures don't tell the whole story. No, and then for buying vehicles from where you don't know, mm-hmm. you may need to let them also do some pre-delivery checks for you. Yeah. And for a fee, mm-hmm. you can get everything yeah. written for you. Yeah. Then then you can take the decision whether to take um, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when it comes to salvage vehicles, I mean, it's just like the lottery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, so the your research are heavily stuck against you. Yeah, but if you do your research work, work well, and um, you do your calculation well, sometimes I mean, you might have, yeah. So the yeah. best thing is to get a report yes, because so um, shipping a vehicle all the way from the US to Ghana, mm-hmm. just to realize mm-hmm. that you have to do extensive and expensive repair Repairs, work. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's it's not the yeah. best. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, then there are, there are some online services, websites that you sure, can use. Sure, where you, you key in the chassis, yeah, chassis and you number. pay a fee and they can give you uh, yeah, the report. report. Yeah. yeah, What happened to the car? What kind of accident? Was yeah, the person servicing yes. it? Yes. Mm-hmm. It says, good afternoon. I use a 2012 Hyundai Ascent, but I have to fill the engine oil tank five to six times after servicing. Expected to last for six months. Okay, so you mean with within the six months you have to fill up five or six times? Yeah, but he's saying here that the engine oil tank is always empty less than two weeks. He has a leak. Oil leak. He has an oil leak. What accounts for this and how can it be rectified? Daniel from UG. He has an oil leak. And sometimes the oil leaks may come from the oil filter. If it okay. is not original. Mm-hmm. It tends to leak around where the seal is. You okay. see, it has an O-ring seal. Then mm-hmm. it begins to leak there. Mm-hmm. But if you ask, uh, 2013 to now, seven years, mm-hmm. he should check. He should ask someone to check. I'm very sure that. And um, if it gets empty, then the leak is very, very big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then the, the seal on the on the sump. Yes, that can is be the leakage. Some work has been done there. Before. Yes, has been done. And then on the top. You see, yeah, the, the valve, valve cover. cover. Yes, seals. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Kofi from Kaswa says, please, how often do we change CVT oil? I use a Nissan Sentra 2014. I was told the transmission oil are not changed on a regular basis like engine oil. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to transmission oil, once you don't have a leak, according to some manuals, up to 40,000 kilometers, you keep them in. Mm-hmm. So, if there is a need to change, is it the result of leakage or is it the result of foul up? Mm-hmm. If it is very dirty, you may have to investigate mm-hmm. why it got dirty. And then, if it got dirty as a result of the use of the vehicle up and down, then you're safe. But it, because the CVT oil is very effective Mm-hmm. And then it is expensive. Yeah. So you need to be sure you don't have a leak. Okay. You need to be sure that the transmission system itself is, is in a good shape. Sure. So that once you change, then it may go for as long as the manufacturer recommends. Okay. Yeah. 
right. So Kwesi in uh, Tema is is um, giving us a bit more information. He says, I meant to change from one type of coolant to another. He says there is no leakage. He just feels that maybe probably in trying to keep his car in tip-top condition, he wants the best, so he's asking that... Oh, um, the best yes, coolant. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Mm. He should check out the total one. Okay. Yes, because I've told you, that one is designed for the tropics. Okay. Yes, and then and then he puts it in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. After changing the coolant, uh, it may be uh, probably after some days of driving to top it up a bit. Yeah. Yes. So 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 he shouldn't just buy the four point five liter. Mm-hmm. He should buy probably another one in addition mm-hmm. to be topping up. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, so it's, um, please, I use a twenty thirteen Toyota Corolla. My check engine light was on for about eight months. My mechanic say we should change the thermostat since we detected it. Only yesterday, I found it that the check engine signal is gone off by itself. Is it safe? At all from Tema. You see, when it comes to emissions, the system has a way. The light comes on. The system will keep monitoring mm-hmm. what we call drive cycles, mm-hmm. what we call warm-ups. Mm-hmm. Some of them after 80 warm-ups. If whatever created the problem mm-hmm. is rectified by the system itself, mm-hmm. the light will go off. Exactly. That is number one. Number two, this, when, the, when, when the problem occurs and you have the check engine light, it, 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 there, there is something that, you know, it occurs at a particular speed. Mm-hmm. Engine, coolant temperature, map, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. If you don't drive within that window, mm-hmm. it won't come. It won't come. Mm-hmm. You see? Okay. So, so he should just keep monitoring and yeah. see what it comes And talking about that, let's clarify the, the check engine light. Mm-hmm. Is is um, when there are issues, the mm-hmm. car detects uses its sensors to detect that some things are out of the parameters. Yes, then it gives out that warning, and yes. usually it records what we call a DTC. A, yeah, DTC. Yes, that is backed by a freeze frame. Exactly. Good. So there are permanent and there are temporary ones. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's what I said. That if you have temporary ones, mm-hmm. that there's probably a little glitch somewhere. Mm-hmm. Probably somebody was fixing something and then it disconnected something. Something and then put it back. So mm-hmm. these are temporary ones. They will go away after a certain number of warm-ups. Warm, yeah, yeah warm-ups. But when it's a permanent one, then it means that there is actually an issue. Mm-hmm. And you see, one thing about emission-related issues, durability is sometimes not affected, mm-hmm. but it is the tailpipe. Mm-hmm. You see, um, whatever comes out of the tailpipe will be probably polluting a bit. Yes. When it's 1.5 more than it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. then the check engine light will come yeah. on. But I also realize that, you, you know that um, when you have the uh, recorded DTCs, the car goes into a certain loop. Mm-hmm. And when it goes into a loop, normally your fuel consumption goes up. Yes. I mean, like with emission, mm-hmm. the whole thing is to make sure that you bend the fuel that you have mm-hmm. so when you don't bend them well then you have emission related problems exactly. so if you have emission related problems you'll be bending more fuel mm-hmm. you understand and and then another thing is that then the tail will begin to smell sometimes like rotten egg mm-hmm. especially in the morning when you start the engine mm-hmm. you see so the system will keep monitoring if for some time it corrects let's say that you haven't changed your air filter for a long time and it's really, really, really dirty. And then the check engine light comes on after the service is replaced. Now, 
certain sensors will be sending signals to the ECU and the ECU will keep monitoring and keep monitoring and see how you drive and then and then with time with time with time it will clear it after 80 warm-ups my question is mm -hmm. should we should I wait mm -hmm. should I once the check engine comes on should I wait um, till it no have it checked exactly. once it comes on scan exactly. and find what it is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And have because it this fixed. gentleman had it on for almost eight months, and so and when you put a scanner on, it will tell you DTC time, and yeah, it will yeah. say eight months. And that is pretty long. And that's unacceptable. No, that yeah. is too long. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it says hi. My engine goes off when I turn on my AC. I use a Corolla 2011. Oh, when I turn on the AC, the engine goes off. Oh, whoa! Has it has some work been done on the AC? If yes, they need to check the wiring mm -hmm. because or when the compressor of the AC mm -hmm. begins to fail, this happens. Number three, when the AC is fixed and for some reason some wiring is done and it begins to interfere, you can have this. Okay. So this will need to be scanned. I mean, okay. this is a serious issue. Yeah, it yes, is. it's a serious issue. Yeah. Talking to... about wiring, I think that it's um, let's let's just take a moment and talk about wiring mm -hmm. because um, if you have a car, what? Because I realize a lot of times when you have electrical heating issues, like you outlined, there are quite a, num a number of them that are electrically related, sure. and most of them start with the wiring system being touched. Usually for a car if you don't have any major issue you don't really have to touch the, the wiring. wiring system so what happens yes you see the wiring the wiring is there for a purpose mm -hmm. they serve various systems mm -hmm. so when you have overheating and then the child feels that okay i'll need to connect the fans direct then it means that certain performance of the engine cooling system has been touched mm -hmm. now if the fans runs all the time what happens it becomes weak and it dies. That is the thing. You see, and so the cabling is overwork. Fuses begin to blow. So the problem actually is not solved because in a way to mitigate the problem, then a, a whole lot of problems are created. So it is advisable that whatever it is wrong with your car, fix it. And Don't it touch the wiring system because no. I never allow, I mean, well... <laughs> I, when my car goes to the workshop, I'm there. <laughs> because if you read any manual on cars, yes. the first thing they tell you is the wiring. It yes. is due to somebody touching the wire here mm -hmm. or touching mm -hmm. the wire mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So it's not too advisable to don't, touch the wire. Don't touch the wiring system. Yes. Um, I drive a 2014 Nissan Rogue. My coolant level always reduces every four days. The mechanic hasn't yet detected any leakage and it doesn't overheat as well. Please, what could be the problem? parasitic leak eh? yes you see some of the leakages are what we call hot leaks the system leaks only when you're driving mm -hmm. so in this in this then 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 the mechanic will need to use a special tool you see the coolant pressure tester mm -hmm. it will bring out the leak in no time and oh, then okay. they can see uh, what is happening you see so instead for them to put in water they should put in coolant mm -hmm. probably a red one and then let him or her use the oh, okay yes let her use the vehicle for the four days 
they will see signs of where so the leakage is coming from. Or okay. the leakages. All right. So it says, um, my Hyundai Ascent 20, 2002 jacks and goes off when cruising and mostly when the AC is on. What can be the problem? 2002 Ascent use an idling switch control valves. At this age, it's probably stuck. Okay. That is all. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be changed. Yeah, it, what, it, it, what's it, the name of that switch again? Uh, idling switch control valves. Idling switch control, control valves. valves. Okay. Yes, yes. All we right. see them a lot. 2002, they are on the ascent. They are on the vehicles around that time. That they time. have them a lot. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. So our last question uh, says, good evening at Photo Show. I use a 2.0 1994 VW Vento. With electronic an electronic carburetor. carburetor. My car jacks when I'm in traffic. May I know the cost, please? This knee from Osu. Yeah, I know that one. Very <laughs> good car. Yes. The first thing, knee, check the number one, check the air filter. Number two, check whether anybody has touched the wiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because those times, a lot, only few people knew how to work on the foil injection system. So mm -hmm. a lot of things have been tapped. Mm -hmm. And then it's also check the fans, whether they have made them direct. Okay. Yeah, those times we saw a lot of these 2.0 from the US mm -hmm. having these problems. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. I remember one time <laughs> um, someone was um, having overheating issues <laughs> and um, I was at a workshop getting my car sorted out. <laughs> and we realized that um, with diagnosis that the, the fan was turning the opposite direction. Yes, one of the courses. Mm -hmm. Fan yeah. direction is one of the courses. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the courses. Okay. So so they should check this one. I'm 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 sure knee one is to do with the filter and also the All wiring. Right. Um Gerald how, how can we reach you? Ah we are the Trade Fair T junction and then my telephone number is zero two four four three six five four four seven. All right. Okay. So Top Petroleum is continuously innovating and delivering better energy solutions that bring value to its cherished customers. Introducing a new addition to the Total Quartz range, the Quartz 9000 Future GF50W20, a fully synthetic fuel economy engine oil specially formulated with age-resistant technology for the latest generation engines that require 0W20, a viscosity grade in its class. The Quartz 9000 Future GF50W20 reduces your fuel consumption increases your oil change interval, ensures excellent engine protection and cleanliness, protects emission control systems, and reduces the release of harmful emissions into the environment. Total Quartz 9000 Future Zero W20 delivers beyond performance. Total Quartz Engine Oil keep your engine younger for longer. All right, thank you guys for joining me on the show. Um, it's a big honor for me to have you on the show. Um, Thanks to my team, Oreku, um, Daniels, and uh, Gerald. Thank you once again. All the best. Bye-bye. Oh.